You're listening to Dirty Feet, a podcast from No More Radio. Vous écoutez le podcast Dirty Feet sur les ondes de No More Radio. Hosted by, animé par, Alison Burns, J.D. Papillon, et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. Stay tuned. We're going to move you. In this episode, we're going to be talking to a couple of artists from Belgium, Elizabeth Gruez and... Martin Van Cowenberg, and the two of them uh, formed a company together uh, as a dancer, dance maker, and musician, and performer, and uh, they've done several works, just the two of them, and are now bringing a group piece to Montreal, and uh, they continue to tour with solo work and have other projects on the go, so we have lots to talk about. Uh, their their main piece that we're going to be discussing, the one that they're presenting at Uzinse, is uh, all about, uh, not all about, some somewhat about laughter, somewhat about just the human condition, and uh, and sources the kind of movement behind laughter, and uh, as a basis for the the movement creation and generation. We talk a lot about their unique way of working together. Uh, that has a lot of openness and not strictly uh, set choreographic movement. And we talk about how Elizabeth developed her her choreographic signature uh, while working for other choreographers and and in this collaboration with Martin where they discovered the way that works best for them, which does sound pretty unique. So uh, it's a really interesting conversation and uh, very much gets us in the mood to see the show. So, tune in. So this week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about a show that's going to be taking place at Usin Say this week here in Montreal. It's going to be playing the 28th, 29th, and 30th at 8 o'clock. The show is called AHA. This is a pretty striking title. It's capital A, capital H, slash, capital H, capital A. And uh, the, the two guests we have on today are the collaborators who've put this show together. Uh, we have Lisbeth Gruez. And Martin Van Kallenberg. So, Lisbeth, you are, are uh, primarily a dancer. You started uh, studying classical dance and then studied contemporary at Parts, uh, which is Antaresta Kiersmaker's School in Brussels, mm-hmm. which is pretty exciting. And uh, you've had plenty of experience, notably City Larby Shakoui. You've yeah. performed for this uh, choreographer before, mm-hmm. along with others. And uh, we were just saying before the the podcast too that that you uh, you didn't study choreography in school necessarily, but obviously you've you've uh, learned as you went along, and you've presented two other works here in uh, Montreal at Usin Say solo works, uh, notably Birth of Prey in 2012, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Uh, so this is your third time round presenting at Usin Say, and we're mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing a group piece this time with uh, five performers, including yourself. Yeah. And uh, our other guest, Martin, you are take care of the sound in this production. And you've been working together since, I believe, 2006. Is that correct? Yes. And the, the company name you have is uh, Vot Volk, right? Yes. So this is, this is feet people or people feet? Feet people. Feet yeah, people. or infantry, if, if you would like. Yeah. The, literally, translate. it's feet people, but it means a more um, infantry, like uh, the people in... In the armies who are in front and don't have, uh, big, have the big uh, things, but only their body and a small weapon or something. Well, who came up with the name? Lisbeth did. And then afterwards we find uh, the meaning. <laughs> <laughs> no. Or also we have this motto, throw your body into the front line. That's <laughs> another thing. Yeah. And how did your, your collaboration start between the two of you? Where did your, cro- your paths cross? Well, it's like a long... No, we Long met way. in uh, in uh, '99. Um, we were both doing auditions for uh, another uh, very well known in Europe, at least, uh, choreographer or um, um, 
met de Ronsijn, uh, director, uh, Jan Fabre. En um, he, uh, he did auditions for musicians and for dancers. And then um, Lisbeth was doing audition. I was doing audition. And um, we were both accepted. So we worked uh, for the first four or five years together under the wings of Jan, uh, making pieces together. And then in 2006, we decided to make our own little company. And that's how we founded Voetvolk and uh, how it all started, actually. So, Lisbeth, did you start choreographing in this relationship, or did you have? Uh, were you choreographing beforehand as well, or was the the collaboration really the beginning of you creating work? Hmm. Um, before I was working with these choreographers, I, I was mainly kicked out uh, in most of the companies, also with Jan Fabry, because I was so involved with costume, light, <laughs> and the movements. And if I didn't agree with what I was doing, I would change it. <laughs> so I wasn't really appreciated for <laughs> for that. So I had this kind of drive of like uh, uh, an idea to create my own work. So the being or, or making work was there already, but it was so nice. We knew each other very well already at the time, how one is working with music, and we talked a lot because we had all these big tours together this time. So it was very easy to just decide and sit in a studio and work. And as I was doing, he was just playing vinyls or music, and that's the way it kind of works with us. We're mm -hmm. always together in the studio. So it's like a duo, or uh, two dancers, or two, yeah, two like a, yeah, a tango. <laughs> so that's how we create. It's it's not first music or first dance. It's together. Coming from like a, a formalized education viewpoint on choreography, which is already a kind of a, a strange thing to try and teach somebody, and then because <laughs> you do learn so much by doing, which which is a big part of the program we experienced at Concordia. Did you learn too by by participating in, in other work? Like, did you do you watch and learn from from the people you were dancing for, or was it more an intuitive thing that? It's more well, I've, I've um, I didn't like the the choreographies or the pieces where I had to where the choreography was very fixed, and I had to do every night the same thing. This I didn't like. So with Jan Fabre was much more free. We could improvise with strict rules. So this is something I more uh, liked, or this was more my nature, following my nature. Also because I, I just I can't remember movements. So I'm I'm I, I can't remember five, six, seven, eight perfect movements. It has to go in a flow, and I have to have rules and appointments, of course. But to be free and is it's kind of like a motto is to be in the moment with the right uh, tools and the right quality and the right uh, rules. You can make a choreography that is really on the spot, honest and in the moment and uh, communicating much more better in my way, in my perception than a fixed choreography. So after uh, we, when I started on my own, I think each one has to find out for his himself or herself a method in how how it's working for you so i don't really believe in choreography it's more in a <laughs> in a method how you deal with trans transforming an idea into movement and how can you make a dance language in which you talk more or less so it took us some 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 years to really find out what could be a work work method and even still, for each performance, we have to find a new method to work. But the lines uh, of of how we want to make choreography is much more clear now after 10 years, luckily. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after the two works that you presented uh, in years past in Montreal with Birth of Prey and It's Going to Get Worse and Worse and Worse, those were, um, well solo dancer performances um, and now you're doing a group piece is this the first group piece that you do as part of your project as part of your company uh, somehow yeah the one uh, because I, I waited a long time because I was very afraid uh, to work with people and uh, I I've, I've first or we first wanted to figure out what how we work as as a team what kind of 
work we make discover first ourselves before annoying other dancers with our unclear ideas. So we waited a long time to to take this decision. But of course, the topic um, was so. I mean, the topic we choose to work around uh, ecstatic bodies and euphoria and laughter bodies. We thought also, like, maybe it's the topic brings us also to other people because it's a virus, it spreads, it's it's something that is done in group, in community, so let's do it. Uh, and after, yeah, eight years, no, ten years, we felt ready to to share. And it's been lovely, yeah, until now, yeah. <laughs> and you were talking about your methodology of creation of choreography that, that keeps changing throughout the different works. Mm-hmm. Um with this work now, uh, there was this added element of uh, multiple dancers on stage. Because mm. I'm not going to call the other pieces solo, I guess, because it was such a collaborative work and you were both on stage at the same time. But this time, having that many more bodies on stage, it is a big new element that you're bringing in. Um, how do you feel that that metodo- methodology of of creating this work changed uh, when you had to bring in all those extra bodies? Mm. It it the good thing about it was that um, the whole idea of to be in the moment, what I explained before, or to have a choreography that is uh, kind of talking into a language that we all discovered by working on laughter movements, and each one could stay somehow with this within these rules in his own personal style. So I had. I came up, it, it seemed like five individuals talking in the same language, but filling it in with their own personality. And this was quite well for the piece because it, the, the most scary part is like if you make a choreography and you have five copies of the choreographer, which would be really, really bad. Uh, and with, with, within this mythology, it took some time for the dancers to, to, to let go of not having any real tools uh, well real movements mm-hmm. uh, fit fixed so they it took them some time but then when they found their freedom in it they thought like wow we can evolve and every performance we can come up with 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 a better version of what happened yesterday or we could explore more this way all within the rules so now i th- i feel that they're they're quite happy with this method but to sell it to them in the beginning was not so easy. But yeah. it, it was also part of the selection of the dancers. We yeah. made a big selection. We, we started to um, not really doing auditions, but uh, organizing workshops more or less from four or five days. And I, ta- I think we saw 60 dancers and then um, four of them were chosen. And um, it was really a, a choice to feel also that they can deal with the way we work and also uh, that they would fit very well together but in general I think you can compare it more or less with um, like uh, with jazz music or something mm-hmm. that uh, it's not we're not making classical music but it's more jazz music that people uh, they don't get a party tour but they um, have to follow some rules within the piece uh, but everybody has his own um, yeah, in individuality mm-hmm. and uh, and that that makes the strongness of the piece. Everybody is so different that you cannot also say like this one is better than the other one because they're so different. But we did <coughs> find uh, a way like an abstraction of, of laughter is a shaking modus. Like it would be the beginning of uh, well, it's radio. You don't see it. I'm like <laughs> shaking on my chair, but <laughs> the chest is moving up and down. So we have this kind of modus that we that everybody is doing so this keeps us it's like a movement that keeps us all together like a homogene uh, coat coating on the individual individuality in the, within the movement so this coating brings it all like compact in one language that is not uh, five totally different languages but this coating makes that it's uh, a choreography so this Let's became say. the sort of neutral ground where yes. all of the dancers could find each other. A vibe that brings us together, but still... It's a groove, yeah, actually. A the, groove. It's also yeah. how we start. They really start with just going up and down. And then when everybody's in it and really, really into it, 
after some minutes, then the small uh, things hap- start to happen. So it's really a build-up. And it's important that uh, they, they can always, when they lose their self or they they don't know what to do anymore or they're a bit confused, they can always go back to this groove. Or, and that makes it um, work. It's a system also, mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Oh, it seems to me that there's this huge intersection when, you're, when your subject is laughter between the sound and the movement of it. Uh, is this... Is this how you feel about it as well? Do you feel that it's uh, that the laughter is part of the soundscape of it? But do you, do you think of it musically? And do you think of... Actually, laughter is not really part of the soundscape um, uh, and also of the sound in general. So you don't hear any laughter of, but during the whole piece. Oh. Uh, so it's completely mute, actually. Um, <laughs> which makes it, I think, more interesting because then uh, I think a lot of the the piece is also it's about laughter but at the same time it's not really about laughter it's about s- something else and uh, laughter is more an excuse to talk about something else mm. uh, it's uh, we talk about how to become a group and why people can feel lonely and search for um, for oh, connections dynamics, it's yeah. about group dynamics and mm. it's about l- emptiness and 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 about love actually uh, actually at the end also and um so people see lots of things of it and i think if we would use too much also the sound of laughter and the movements of laughter and the, the text around it about laughter then it would be like a really restricted piece uh, all that they say yeah it's about laughter but it everybody who sees this uh, says it's about much more than this mm-hmm. laughter so in the sound we don't use it i use it in a way in a, if you hear very well you can hear some echoes of laughters but it's so stretched i mm. fucked it so much up the with um, <laughs> effects that you don't really hear that it's still laughter was it important that it that it have a place there anyway? That it no, it's more w- a wave I use. So it's uh, it's very stupid, but I used uh, um, I, I recorded um, this uh, Mr. Bean uh, <laughs> uh, laughter like the audience because it was good to use because there was no sound of him. But you like if you would use I don't know Seinfeld, then you have voices and laughter. But he his mu- his all his sketches are like without sound, so <laughs> I could read you really use the laughter and um, this laughter I completely yeah manipulated, uh, manipulated. Uh, and you hear it's laughter but it's also it can be waves of, of water it's like mm. <laughs> so it but maybe it's I think it's important that the the source is laughter mm-hmm. but um, I don't nobody knows but in laughter. terms of movement we use the laughter we do it inside mm-hmm. in silent and we use of course the dyna- the different dynamic within the movements what the laughter sound cre- creates because you have <laughs> like this so you could use if you apply your movements on this score you have a whole range of dynamics and soft and harder and bigger and outbursts so this we use but all me inside yeah in the beginning we had both because then i had also on my computer sensors on the kid all, all s- samples and sensors and so with every movement there was a haha and but it was so one-on-one that we just decided like it's just simply not necessary and it makes it much more su- ju- suggestive so mm. uh, if you uh, don't use it because then these laughter movements can be also something else mm-hmm. uh, so it's i think it's to open it a bit more mm-hmm. um, Laughter can be really contagious um, by its very nature. And do you feel that even though the sound is missing with the performers when they, they physically um, you know, get this reaction of laughter inside, uh, do you feel that the audience reacts to this? Do, do audiences laugh as a sort of contagion of this internalized laughter? No, and I don't also, um, I wasn't looking for to spread the virus into the audience. Um, it spreads as a virus between the dancers. And of course, the audience feels something, but it shouldn't. Uh, we, well, there's some. There's it depends some, in it which depends country you are, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like no, in Germany, we never expected, but people, we just come on stage, we just first movement we do. <laughs> they started and, they laugh, started like laugh, and they didn't stop for 40 minutes. <laughs> And we were like, huh? uh, and it was a, it's a sad because it 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 uh, destroyed a bit uh, the the rest of uh, the 
the sens sensibility of, of other dimensions of the it's yes. not but I think it was a mistake of the theater who wrote too much that it's a really a piece about laughter and that it's going to be funny but it's not mm. funny at all the piece so uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. sometimes you can laugh a bit uh, and uh, but it's it's people are more touched I've seen people cry because the title more. is also not haha but aha mm -hmm. and it, it means more like small um, um, reconnaissance yeah like, like a um, recognition or like recognition. this sort of flight yeah adding up aha aha erlebenis erlebenis is a German word to say it. Mm -hmm. like something that you see that it could be you or a neighbor or some some things that that an audience can recognize so it's more aha yeah <laughs> but not i'm not really searching for a, a big outburst of laughter no and sometimes it is funny yeah I don't, i'm not because uh, there is also in the beginning a typical sound a sound that i use to uh, lead the dancers into the groove or something and uh, i think it's funny sounds uh, and um, they just uh, dance on it and they move on it and this thing is funny but not to be like bursting out in laughter <laughs> yeah it's like a spring of a mattress or something and then just <laughs> so it's funny in a way it's funny but not to laugh for 40 minutes but sometimes like in, in Italy it we depends, play it and, yeah, and we in never Italy know they're the completely audience. mute yeah. and they're just like Yeah, so because there is some other scenes who provoke more laughter, eh? like um, the despair scene, and, and mm. uh, so yeah. I think we we but we're not never looking for laughter, but uh, of course uh, people are very um, they can laugh, and uh, I think some parts are funny, and uh, but, but it's it, not like the main goal. To it's not a humoristic. It's it's some uh, small laughter, or um, uh, it's not like really looking for the big laughter here. Going back to the title of the work, because you were saying earlier about uh, it also being a mirror, the mm. aha and like the ah and the ha. Um, and, and what does that mean for you? Why is that important? Well, the mirror uh, is once more that the audience can really have the, the emotions by seeing what's happening on stage, a kind of thing that they can recognize. But it's a mirror. Also, this, the the setting of the piece is made in a, a kind of ramp. It's a carpet who goes up half up. It's just to throw back everything what happens on stage back into the audience. So it's a kind of... We want to create a kind of vibrating circle between the audience and um, the dancers to be in the same... It's a community. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, lots of people who see it and they 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 think about their own lives. Some some t it's some <laughs> there's something existential about the show, about uh, how um, um, some people how tell we me how, how we try to relate to people and how yeah. it sometimes works and sometimes totally the un impossibility of relating with another person in this shaking mood and then there was having this weird outbursts of laughter and then okay yeah we're gonna join are we gonna join are we together can we be together is it dangerous to be together um so i uh, there was one title of a critic in belgium was that like when exist existential emptiness becomes love And I think it's uh, it, it tells a lot about peace. It, it's, uh, and I think this in this people can recognize it. Uh, it's about looking for to be part of something or feeling lonely or. So in this uh, way, a mirror. The, the, the title we chose for not haha, but aha was more in this direction. Mm -hmm. And with that mirror, there is a bit, a bit of a discrepancy between those themes of, you know, sadness, loneliness, despair, and something that is, you know, quite beautiful, but at the same time ugly in its own right, uh, with laughter. Mm. Was this, uh, this tension between uh, this main subject or this main source of inspiration and those themes that are being explored uh, were you trying to to use that tension uh, to some extent like to really uh, take people uh, pulling them apart into many different directions and leaving them unsure of exactly what they're supposed to feel at that moment the audience you mean yeah hmm 
how tough question because i i I've ne i never think in terms of what the audience really mm. should should feel i just make this piece and then i see it in the eye of the beholder becomes the piece be become, becomes or has a content by 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 people that watch it but it, i cannot say that i'm really i wanted all these colors i just worked purely on okay laughter from mona lisa till let's say um, the scream of munich with the dancers and in a way we touched all this different like a despair love being together an orgasm a battlefield um which the audience can experience but I, which i hope they can experience but i, I wasn't really thinking about this in the beginning but it would be nice if they feel it <laughs> yeah. no but yeah. it's true that it just happens i think it's unconsciously we because what you're saying like we knew we we wanted all this kind of scenes in it this battlefield you told so we so but it's not really consciously until it Intel, in intellectual, intellectually because if you, if you would think it. like this i think you, it would stress you and i, I would block my mind like oh, i have to all do to this no we stay consequently with one thing and by narrowing this and digging into this this laughter body so much you start to have a kaleidoscope of different um feelings that mm -hmm. uh, emerge in this way And we say it a lot to, to each other that uh, we will see it at the end where the piece is about. <laughs> so it's uh, we know some ingredients, uh, but we trust each other and we trust uh, especially in uh, that we are very sensitive people and that we're um, thinking lot, uh, a lot out about of stripping and and, and and keeping it minimal and keeping it minimal and that not too much with the head only, like not sitting at the table and uh, conceptualize the whole thing, like make a big concept or something. But it's like really being on stage, doing it, feeling it with the music. What how, what do we what do we feel with it? And then um, I think uh, you have to trust this method. Uh, Ali, we we feel For now that it works. It works yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, And we're not too much of uh, academics who um, first Think. sit two months <laughs> be, uh, around the table and discuss uh, what uh, we will do and that we should l look between the tension no, of sometimes laughter. Sometimes I, I work with actors and the first th three weeks they're just sitting, drinking coffee and talk about the piece. And and it would drive me crazy. Just action. We By doing, we find stuff. It's the same with music. He sits in the corner and we make a mistake. A girl is on the plancher and it starts to to peep. He's he's immediately taking the sound and later the sound becomes the the soundtrack. So it's more by mistakes and, and working on stuff that we... Yeah. Uh, we're drifting off. <laughs> it sounds like it could be a potentially emotional process. If you're, you know, I'm thinking about like, like laughter therapy and things like this where people are sourcing, uh, you, you know, therapeutic process through using the body yeah we also did the, the meditations of, of Osho the shaking meditations and it's on special music and it has it says that it resets the, the cells in the body and we trained this to just have also a clear body that it was not trained or have the classical ballet or a theater so everybody would come in do this training every day and we, we would start like with a, a page blanche a carte blanche Yeah, and it's the same with laughter. We did this laughter yoga exercises, who look totally stupid, <laughs> and uh, really, it's laughing without reason and to fake it until you make it. And we we did it every day, but this also these laughter movements, it, it it somehow I can recommend it to even to businessmen who have to do a creative meeting or. It's it's really helpful to put everybody on the same page, and to clear out uh, ego or the the thinking, the thinking head. Like oh, and how should I present myself? No, it's kind kind of together with the shaking meditation, puts everybody to the same level, and a kind of way of communication that is on a vibrational level, which is I mean he's he hates all this spiritual shit, but we use it. Um, on a concrete way so we don't drift off but of course in the beginning with this laughter exercises Martin was like what the what 
the fuck? What are we doing? Where are we? But we wow, just so went through it. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, yeah, but I didn't say it loud. Eh? I was a bit in, uh, myself. Mm-hmm. Sceptical about it. But it helped to put, to, to train ourselves and, and to do this lovely communication on a different level than just talking or intellectualizing the, mm-hmm. the theories about what we were going to do. And when it comes to the physicality of the piece, um, building up from those foundations that you've been talking about, you say that uh, the the dancers were really encouraged to keep their colors Mm -hmm. and to really express their own physicality, their own uh, approach to movement. Um, Considering all of this, how exactly did you build the piece and how did you set the rules, the, the really strict rules that you use as a method so I'm I'm uh, like an as an uber aesthetic, and uh, I have problems with movements that are ugly or uh, just a t- t- tiny like hands, heads. So we, within this shaking, we we kind of made a reservoir of all the laughter movements, and we found out that they're quite a universal, like tapping on the on. Walking away, nodding the head, peeing your pants, uh, holding, uh, pulling the hair. So we made a kind of reservoir, but everybody did it in a in a, universally. It comes back, but everybody does it somehow slightly different. And then, because I'm so uh, strict about, I can I really know what I want to see or not, but still in within each color. So we started to see how far and by doing it I was like okay no the hands or the the arms should be slower than the shaking then the the hands can slowly come then we can do this kind of movements in this layer we can add this layer then the heads can add and slowly by doing it and seeing it we were we were finding the aesthetic in which which was like acceptable to do it in it's That's also right, it took no? it took a while to find the the real um, methods uh, uh, in the sense that um, first you try all this and then when we uh, after some months of rehearsal or something then you decide uh, that we actually we have some very strict rules that after only after three minutes they can start to use that after six minutes they can only start to and use this that so, kind of so, it's, uh, so uh, they really have to follow a process but within uh, it's their more own groove within their yeah. own because we really use all actually all only also two not dancers uh, because it relativizes uh, the seriousness about dance sometimes that there is uh, which we don't like um, so sometimes they take themselves so serious that it's we're true. like oh yeah 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 even if uh, I'm from the dance room, and um, so we use two not dancers one who is a performer and who can really move but he's not a dancer uh, and one completely not dancer and she is now a dancer uh, but she, and it's it's Just working. <laughs> it's also yeah, it works, and and I think it's it's the, she can be sometimes the diamond, uh, not always, but sometimes the diamond of the show, uh, if she believes in it, and if you believe in what you're doing, and and uh, in your head, it's okay. And you're not lost. And the way you're yeah. thinking, it's okay, and you know why you're doing it, then you cannot make any mistakes actually. Uh, and I think that's that's very vulnerable, and at the same time can be yeah, that's what we're looking for. A vulnerability on stage. Uh, it, that's why I choose also the dancers, if I believe them. Mm-hmm. You can have dancers who are incredible virtuos and do three periods, but you don't believe them. And there can be somebody coming, just lifting an arm, and you say like, wow, <laughs> do it again. Uh, just a, a side note, I remember in like our auditions for Concordia University, one of the, the last things they had you do was just walk towards the camera mm-hmm. and raise your arms. Oh, yeah. And it was so stressful <laughs> because it's it very is, hard. Because it's like, what? Do, yeah, yeah, how do I be authentic right now and to fill up this emptiness mm-hmm. and just be be? Uh, it's one. It's a hard. It's a tough exercise. Just <laughs> walk, right? This is your third year in a row presenting it in Montreal. Um, first of all, that that's pretty amazing, especially for international artists. It's rare that we see them on such a regular basis. Um, what is your reaction to Montreal audiences and why do you feel that um, 
you know, you're being asked to come back, uh, you know, three years in a row like that. Do you feel that there is a bit of a, a connection between your creative approach or, or your visions and the audiences in Montreal? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have to say, uh, um, we, we, but we just come from Vancouver and, uh, um, uh, and we were, he- so Montreal, when I came the first two days, uh, two times we were here, I really had the impression that, that this is sort of a little Europe in, 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 in North America. And I people fe- also I felt like re- to talk after the performance. Mm. Yeah. I felt, re- I felt really connected, uh, mm. with, uh, with, uh, with the people here and, uh, I um, was very uh, happy to, always have audience also i mean it's a big space and uh um it's not so normal that if people don't know you or you come from far away that you have every night two to three hundred people in your audience even in europe uh, we would have difficulty to to have this and i feel there is a big love for art and for music and for uh, dance and uh and um We also in in Belgium we know some people coming from here, so we had this feeling. And now we were in Vancouver. I, I thought it this was Canadian, but then we, we went to Vancouver and Cologne, and that was a completely other story. <laughs> I have to we say. did the solo there. It's going to get worse and worse, and we've played it like 150 times in all over, and and there I really had to conquer it, and I really had to put all my spices out of my pockets to just to get any reaction. <laughs> Yeah, they were not <laughs> used to to see really this kind of work. Uh, <laughs> was, uh, was it was was quite a shock actually. And the so third night, it yeah. It then we had more the very dance da- scene dance coming, scene maybe, and then yeah. it worked a bit more, but still, <laughs> not really. Uh, the, yeah, it was a, not the warmth that we we discovered here in Montreal, or yeah. the kind of openness. And, and uh, but it's also we have this relation with Usin C, which is fantastic. I think it's a fantastic place. It's a fantastic direction. A fantastic people working there, and it's also a decision we made uh, to keep on working with them because once we were asked to go to the festival uh, Transamerique, and it's interesting also to go there. But at the same time, I think it's very nice to have a house, your your house in a in in a city. Mm. And kind and of if like they to took the risk to bring us here, and uh, it's it's wonderful that we have this. And it's also up to them. They also. they always come to see the show in Europe, and da- Ali Danielle, and uh, and yeah, she likes it, so she brings us back. Uh, so it's it's fantastic for us. Uh, To, to well, you start to know the techni- technical crew and <laughs> Grégoire <laughs> that we have difficulties to understand because he speaks the real Canadian French, but in It's in such a way that he's <laughs> he's joking with us. <laughs> We yeah. use the the expressions and stuff. It's but you kind of start to build a relation yeah. with those. And I think, I don't know, I think they also build up a public for us. I mean, uh, the people who are not disappointed in our previous shows. It's quite impressive, though, how many attention you get. Uh, We don't even get this in Belgium, but maybe it's... I don't understand, but because here we did, like this interview, we have like yeah. three, four more radio interviews. We we have like seven or six paper interviews. Which is I great. mean, in Belgium, yeah. you can you have to be lucky. We well, we only have two two newspapers. That's uh, no, we have much more, but two interesting ones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then you have to, and you, they never interview before the show. It's always like a small critic in a corner somewhere. But then you already have to be lucky to be in the paper. Mm. So it's it's quite impressive. Yeah, we're getting Montreal. less and less space. The the critics have less and less space in newspapers to write anything. I don't know how it's here. In Montreal too, it's it's uh, it's, it's, it's pretty difficult right now to yeah. to see critiques in in paper publications. On concerts, films. Uh, dance is the worst, I'd say. Yeah. Dance is probably the worst right now. Dance is the one that's suffering the most from a lack of visibility in the media mm. uh, but for all of the arts it's it's not profitable for a market that is slowly mm. disappearing with right. with the, the the print market mm. so because of that yeah like for arts it's it's quite often the first thing that's gonna be left yeah. aside i say i feel mm. but still still lots of attention i think yeah, yeah. it's uh, montreal well. does for that does have a community that is very um passionate I mm-hmm. think about about yeah, look getting at this. visibility. <laughs> this yeah. is passion, no? Yeah, <laughs> We sit yeah. here in somebody's uh, yeah, we're in living apartment. room making radio. <laughs> Are you making radio? I, yeah. I love this. <laughs> this is really nice. And uh, actually, to to take it 
the in the other direction. Um, being in Belgium, were you uh, established in Brussels or we're in? Uh, it's a bit. Uh, Belgium is so small, but we actually uh. are established in Antwerp. Okay. Yes. Uh, Which is where Sidi Larbi Sharkawi is coming. Yes. Is yeah. Yeah. He yeah. lives two blocks away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, If he's home. Yeah, because he's often gone. <laughs> And then, uh, but we have our office in Mechelen, which is a very small city between Brussels and Antwerp. But then we have another uh, partner who is Le Brigitine, which is uh, the most beautiful theater of Br Belgium. And there we always have a space also to rehearse. So we Or with Jan Fabre in Antwerp. In Antwerp. So, so it's, uh, we were like... Uh, but it's so small. I mean, each city is like half an hour. One hour you drive through Belgium like this. Two <laughs> hours you drive it through like... Like this, It's, uh, it's one big city. So, uh, um, but it's uh, it's an inter interesting uh, city, uh, interesting Place cities, and interesting uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, lots of things happening. Also, dance-wise, I think it's uh, because for us, uh, looking at it from the outside, uh, Belgium has sort of established itself as, to some extent, a kind of mecca when it comes to contemporary dance nowadays mm. with, you know, so many big names such as Andreas Kasmeka, of course, um, and so many others. What's the scene like uh, when you're actually living in it? Is it is it um, a scene that has a lot of opportunities within Belgium? Is it a really mm. devoted audience? Uh, well, the, um, I think there's a kind of openness between the artists happening, and we are also very open for other artists to come, like Max Stewart has mm -hmm. built everything in Brussels. Um, Benoît Lachambre comes also mm -hmm. to work. Uh, we're very inviting to for everybody to come. We're very, quite open. Also, the artists in between. We have a system that the bigger names have to support the smaller companies. So we're in their houses. We see rehearsals. We can enter um, the school of the Kiers the Kiersmaker brings a lot of. Um, you can. Yeah, I mean, there's a kind of share. We we share. There's between theater, even administrative people we share. If there's a company who needs a, this, okay, we can ask uh, information how to make it work. Mm. So yeah, there's a kind of it's, it's small community, it's but it works well together. And the audience is tough. I mean, <laughs> if they like it, they like it. But if they don't, they let us know. Yeah. <laughs> They're not. I mean. Surprisingly no, no. supportive. Or But there is so much to do. Also, I mean, in Brussels or something, we there is um, it, the good thing is there uh, we all play in each other's. Uh, it happens a lot that the choreographer yeah. goes to play in a theater piece of a friend, and this friend is helping with another friend to make the music. Scenography or, or music. Uh, so or that's it's quite exciting. Uh, at the same time, we um, there is lots of healthy concurrence because there is money in Belgium. Now it's getting worse because uh, we have a very right uh, new government and they're cutting a lot, so it will. So they don't see the beauty or the, they don't see the economic value of. Uh, but but it's because they don't really read the figures. Because if you really or the look reputation at it, we have abroad that Belgium really has a, an ex a, a special has a special way of creating stuff mm -hmm. and there's still yeah we should tell them more <laughs> or they should be more aware about it. So I know you haven't even premiered your show here yet, but uh, can I ask the question, what is next after AHA? Yes, we have two uh, upcoming projects. Uh, we have a premiere in May of a piece called Lisbeth Gruet Dances Bob Dylan, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which uh, we will play not a lot because it's more of a side project, but it's very exciting to do. Um, we will... We've been not really rehearsing on it, but we've been talking about it for already two years to do it because I'm a Bob Dylan addict and uh, Lisbeth hates him. And uh, I <laughs> It's a nice combination. <laughs> I could uh, convince her to dance on it and uh, now she loves him. And um, she's going to dance on it. It's going to be a very simple piece. Uh, but um, Late night? Late night piece, like 11 o'clock only. People have to be a bit tipsy already <laughs> to see it. Uh, no, it just has to have this club uh, vibe. Uh, I mean, not like club techno club, but jazz club vibe. Um, and we will play this a bit. We go to Italy, Florence, Paris, Amsterdam, 
Brussels and that's about it uh, because we don't have the time to tour a lot because we tour plenty of shows still to do with this show um, and the solo the solo uh, also is very popular still it's and going to get worse and worse yeah, yes. we, we played it 130 times I think and we still have uh, it the, the thing is the more you play it the more people who see it but we saw we played it now in Vancouver because of this we would go to Serbia and Croatia um, because there so was a programmer there and <laughs> so it, it I mean we're not complaining we're like super yeah. happy but yeah and then uh, and then an, there is another project in 16 we, we will yeah. make a piece for uh, the festival of Avignon uh, which is very exciting uh, and um, we would like to work around a, a fear like to make a piece where you constantly feel that the dancers are in agony or in but nothing is ever happening <laughs> like there's no never a killing or but always this tension like and this with sound I, I think yeah we're just like now we're in the beginning fantasizing on it so. now you're drinking coffee and talking about it yeah, yeah on tour <laughs> I mean also yeah but well, if we see movies or chunks of things and mm -hmm. we just and share we're in the reservoir files and now you have yeah. so many things about fear because of what's happening in the world and I mean, uh, the, it's a, it yeah. can inspire so it's a, it's a good team to work to be in constant yeah. be nice to have the, pu the public for one hour like oh my god Oh my god. At the edge of their seat, just like. Yeah, like, oh my god. <laughs> ripping it's, the, it. it's the end of the world. <laughs> Do you have a website where there's like a comprehensive list of your of yes. tour stops and dates? Yes. Uh, and the website, it's, you it's made it really accessible. It's really a good website. Footvolk.be. It's so easy it's to use. V O E T V O L K dot B E. Footvolk. Uh, thank you both so much for joining us in studio today. We've been speaking about AHA, which is playing at Uzinse the 28th, 29th, and 30th uh, of January at 8 o'clock here in Montreal. And uh, we've been talking to Lisbeth Rue and Martin van Kauenberg. And you're going to play us out with a, a little bit of the sound from the show. Yes. Do you want to say anything about the piece that you've chosen? Well, um, the, um, actually, it's the only real thing I think that can work on radio without um, um, seeing an image with it. I think it can uh, you can dream away with it. Uh, and um, I never make music for dance as it's uh, like on its own that it should be beautiful. It should just work with what, what you, you're seeing. But this is like the only really harmonic, melodic uh, piece. And it could even be a song, I think. So, yeah. Great. Thank you very much. Voilà.
Dirty Feet was previously recorded at the Montreal Improv Theater and is currently recorded out of Mainline Theater. Thanks, dudes. Dirty Feet est produit et animé par, produced and hosted by Alison Burns, JD Papillon, et Stephanie Moret Robert. You can find out more about our show at nomoreradio.com, follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet, and find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast. Vous pouvez écouter tous nos épisodes sur notre site web ou vous pouvez vous abonner également sur iTunes à notre podcast. Listen to past episodes on website or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, be sure to give us a rating and or leave a comment to help us spread the word. Tune in next week for a whole new show.